they say that in America, there's over 80 million dogs, but over 96 million cats. Does anybody else see a problem with that? (laughs) (laughs) Ram! Meryl brought out the dog claws. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to Let's Boop Snoots. Let's Boop Snoots. What is this? Episode five? I don't even know. I lost track. We're coming yeah. up, we're coming along nicely. Coming yeah. along nicely. We're having lots of fun. Y'all. So the next two episodes, we are going to be talking about the massive topic about pet food. Mm-hmm. And the pet uh, food industry, mm-hmm. labels, ingredients, how to read yep. the labels. How to choose. Just to be more knowledgeable when you go to the store and you pick a pet food, um, just to know which one to pick, which one would be best depending on how much you can spend. Yeah. And even just knowing what the things that are on the package actually mean. Yes. So what we decided to do for this is we watched a documentary called Pet Fooled, F-O-O-L-E-D, like they're fooling us. Yes. And this was a documentary. And they are. Yeah, they are. (laughs) Oh, make no mistake about it. (laughs) No mistake about it. Um, So this is a a pretty extreme documentary, just like, you know, there's tons of them for, you know, humans out there. When Vera and I were discussing about this, we were talking about Super Size Me. There's the other ones that turn people into vegans, like, right after the movie stops. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Just talking about the regulation of of food and stuff like that. So this is kind of like a very extreme... um, look at the pet food industry and it's done by a um, a doctor by the name of Dr. Barbara Royal and also Dr. Karen Becker who are gaining a lot of traction in the pet food industry right now yes. I would say I think mm-hmm. that this documentary is like created like a massive uh wave of people wanting like action and more regulation and stuff like that yes and what it teaches you is that there's absolutely no regulation when it comes to pet food pretty much which is like frightening so uh, my thing about this movie that that i think is great about this movie is that are are you going to make extreme life changes maybe maybe not depends on how you feel about your pets and how much you're willing to afford and how much time you have to spend on your pet's nutrition but and how much you can afford exactly and um i think what this movie does is that it teaches you to look a little closer at those labels and what might actually be in the bag but at the end of the day none of us really know <laughs> yes that's what we learned <laughs> yes that is what we learned so they start off the movie and we're again this is spoiler alert big time if you plan on watching this movie and don't want to have anything spoiled i would tune out yes. right now press stop <laughs> and, 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 and yes. tune in later <laughs> and tune in later and let us know uh what you thought about it but we are going to be thoroughly breaking down this movie so it's not like this is like you know a game of thrones like uh season ender here that we're going to be spoiling or anything but <laughs> but if you are so interested in it then i would suggest a watch the movie and come back Mm -hmm. and then listen to this episode all right so at the beginning of this movie they talk about how uh americans on average are spending 60 billion dollars on their pets each year who would have thought 60 billion so that's a lot of that's a lot of cheddar (laughs) yes (laughs) and a lot of cheddar what 
brought what or again this is dr becker's uh, and and whoever um else had a say in this film their their viewpoint is that what brought a lot of attention to the pet food industry was back in 2007 um when they were re there were massive massive recalls on the uh, on dog food and a whole slew of companies and they're pulling them off the shelves because they found a chemical in the food called melamine uh, which and is just, used. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, just to tell you the magnitude of how big this issue was. This company was selling over ninety brand names, and that's a lot of lot of brand names that are on the shelves. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so, tons of dog food was being recalled, and people. I, I can re- and I can remember this because I think I had scraps at the time, and I remember um, one a friend of the family who had a tiny little Shih Tzu. He was very uh, obsessive about caring for his animal and I remember when that massive recall happened it scared the crap out of him and he started cooking like fresh chicken and rice and stuff for his dog every day yeah and I remember thinking like well that's a bit extreme at the time but now knowing like and after watching that movie and like reading labels and knowing what this stuff means I'm like no no that's that's that makes sense (laughs) yeah definitely so basically like back in the day uh world war ii like before world war ii they were using cans for wet dog food and um with meat in it and various things world war ii they started uh decreasing their production of anything using cans because they were saving it for ammo and for various things that they needed to fight the war and at that point uh i forget if it even said if it was a particular company or whether it was a particular doctor but anyways they moved to the dry kibble and cooking things at like super high temperatures and then that's when they started getting into the use of super cheap fillers like corn and wheat and and stuff like that and that process can be very detrimental to dogs absolutely so cooking anything at high temperatures i can remember talking about nutrition when I, when I was in school and talking about the various ways to even cook like vegetables. So if you mm-hmm. like boil the crap out of like broccoli, there's going to yes. be no nutritional value left in it. Exactly, and it's yeah. the same sort of idea here. If you, you can make a really good kibble and then you cook it at a r- ridiculous high temperature and not only have you ruined any of the nutritional product left, left in it, when, when you burn things at crazy high temperatures, um, it can produce carcinogens which I didn't know. And you're left with this powder, Mm -hmm. which um, you will hear further in this episode that they call meal. Yes. I just want to get back to the Mm -hmm. food recall, just to tell you like how bad this was. The FDA FDA wasn't notified for three weeks Mm -hmm. when they found out about this. So the melamine, what they tried to pass off the melamine as wheat gluten, which was also human grade. And it was just out of luck that humans were not affected by this. But it took the FDA three weeks and there was no penalty for that. Yeah, which we'll get to like a little bit later, which they touch upon like in, in the movie. But yeah, just just the fact that there is no regulatory body and, and the FDA doesn't really have a huge say in pet food. And, and again, we'll touch on this later because there's a direct quote from the FDA site which uh, one of the people that they interviewed uh, on this documentary talks about. And just another side note, at the beginning of this documentary, they say that in America, there's over 80 million dogs, but over 96 million cats. Does anybody else see a problem with that? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Meryl brought out the dog claws. Uh-oh. <laughs> Just kidding. We love all animals. <laughs> but especially dogs. Yes. <laughs> dog versus cat. In a world where dog versus cat on Let's Boop Snoot. So, um... <laughs> So moving forward, in the documentary then goes on, Do uh, Dr. Karen Becker talks about her background. So her background is being a wildlife uh, rehabilitation um, specialist. She loved animals from a young age and started reaching out to various people in the community and started working with specialists in various areas. So she come like she worked at zoos, she worked at like bird and wildlife sanctuaries and stuff like that. So had a lot of exposure. And she talks about this one individual who she worked with who would rehabilitate eagles, like mm -hmm. hawks, different yeah. stuff like that. And she had the highest success rate in, in rehabilit rehabilitating them. And from her observations and the time that she spent with her is she talks about feed. What this woman did was she fed them biologically appropriate food. So yes. that being said, and she explains it so well. So I'll, I'll, I'll use like almost a quote from what she says in the movie is that like, if you try feeding a shark spinach for a prolonged period of time, it will simply die. He's not going to eat it. Sharks need like meat. They yeah. need to eat like other fish. They need meat. They need different stuff. Um, if same thing, if you try to feed a snake um, spinach or lettuce and leave it there in the tank for weeks at a time, it's simply mm -hmm. going to die. It needs to eat uh, protein, mice. Yes. So then she goes to talk on about the biology and the background of dogs and where they come from. And she says that scientists uh, labeled them uh, Canis lupus, like fairly recently, meaning that they are direct descendants of wolves. And their DNA is 99% the same. 99.9. 99.9 identical. <laughs> exactly. And what and do wolves eat? Not dry kibble. Nope. Or spinach. <laughs> or spinach. But um, they eat protein. And so she talks about this. She points it out very well. She talks about there are different types of dogs. And even when I spoke to another close friend of mine who knows quite a bit about pet nutrition and stuff like that, Michelle, I've mentioned her like a bazillion times on here. And I told her we got to get her on here soon. She will be joining the show at yes. some point in time. Um, uh, it, it can even go further down. So anyway, so dogs are descendant from wolves. We know what wolves eat. So what should we be feeding our dogs? protein that's like the the just mm -hmm. of it other things as well which we'll touch upon shortly but they they need meat and um even like so then so that's they're descendant of canis lupus so then there's when you look at all the different types of dogs that's called their phenotype so it's just basically like wearing a different jacket so it's mm -hmm. just like looking at humans Vero has beautiful blonde curly hair. Heidi has straight brown hair. We're looking like two very different human beings, but we're both eating the same stuff at the end of the day. Yes. Our nutritional requirements are the same. Exactly. exactly. Um, you can see that Karen Becker is 100% in favor of raw food diet. But then the documentary mm -hmm. says how the pet food industry says that raw diet can be harmful because there's a lot of bacteria in it and that there hasn't been any study completed to support their claims. However, the pet food industry, who's like a billion dollar industry, why would they do studies, right? They mentioned this in the documentary. They already have all the money. So why would they do any studies? 
Whereas people that are supporting the raw food diet, which is kind of newish, they don't have a million dollars to conduct such studies that will take years to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're already making like, you know, literally billions of dollars a year, why, why change something that isn't broken? Exactly. It's sort of like, right? Especially knowing that your results are probably not going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I remember her talking about this, uh, this portion of the documentary about this and about the vets and about the training that they go through. Because after um, Dr. Becker uh, did all this work with various different types of people, she went to veterinary school and she, she talks about going through the nutritional part of the course that has all of the mega brand names all over the paper and telling you what you should feed them. And she's looking at that and looking at all the experience of working with these people who were feeding animals biologically appropriate diets and was thinking, this doesn't make mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. <laughs> like we have our dogs come from wolves here and we know what they eat, but this paper that has like, you know, all the mega name brands over it is telling me that this and this and this and this and this is okay. Like she was like, huh, like looking at it. And she even interviews a, a veterinarian on the show. And I was curious. And I remember after I, I watched this uh, documentary three years ago, cause I, wa I watched it when I first got Gibbs, I called my vet and I said, what, what do you think about feeding a raw diet? And they said, exactly. I'm not kidding you <laughs> verbatim what this veterin veterinarian said on the documentary. And that is, um, oh, it's very risky. Uh, you know, there's lots of different types of bacteria that could be of danger to your dog. What? Bacteria? Danger to your dog? <laughs> no. Nah. Have, like, no. Have you seen what dogs lick, eat? sniff like like i still catch becky drinking out of the toilet mm. bowl uh, they they drink out of every water puddle that we run into on the streets god knows what's in it they they eat when when they go to the cottage in the spring they run out into the forest and they roll in i don't even know what but they come back smelling horrendous and i make them go in the lake to wash them off i know a dog the, who eat dogs poop. can <laughs> yes. wig them oh they all eat poop <laughs> Gibbon ate poop too when yeah. he was young and they they make mention of this in the documentary too they're like they eat poop yeah. dogs eat yes. poop they will they eat poop and for all you scientific um, people out there their ph so their stomach acidity is one so that's extremely exactly. acid As acidic yeah acidic <laughs> so it kills all the bacteria exactly so can dogs still get sick? Does that mean they can't get sick and that they can't get pathological, like harmful bacteria of any type? No, but you know, if we were to walk around doing what dogs do, uh, we would be sick within yeah. hours, <laughs> you know, if not sooner, but dogs do have different enzymes. They're, they're of different beings. So again, it's part of like the humanization of it. Oh, well, your dog's going to get bacteria. Well, the dog already gets bacteria, mm -hmm. like literally on a daily yes. basis. So you're right, Barrow. They do make mention of the acidity of their stomachs yeah. and how that plays an important role and what you can and, and can't feed them. And it and she talks about how, you know, should we be feeding them raw? Yet, like Dr. Becker and the other Dr. Royal will say 100% you should be feeding your dogs like raw if, if, you, if you can. But um, 
the reason why we haven't, and they've been surviving for so long is because they, they are resilient. Mm -hmm. They're nutritionally resilient. Yes. So we've been, we've been feeding them this garbage for years. Like when, when you look at certain, you know, brands of dog foods and our, we, we won't be slagging on anyone in particular, but the documentary men mentioned some that we'll bring up later on, but, um, you can feed them that for years. But again, uh, uh, right after World War II and they moved to the dry kibble is when they started noticing an increase in diabetes and arthritis and mm -hmm. allergies and kidney disease, liver disease, yes. all of that. That's why dogs aren't living as long. And cats. And cats. Yeah, cats too. This. How often do you hear a cat um, having kidney disease or diabetes? All the time. All the time. They got the diabetes. They got the sugar. The sugars. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They get the sugars. I know so many cats with the sugars. My mom's cat is industry next. induced diabetes. <laughs> yes. They need to inv invent a type three. <laughs> yes, they do. Mm -hmm. They do. So that's sort of where that comes from. So the next part of the um, documentary moves on to talk about the packaging. And this is and this is why I where they came up with the title Pet Fooled. Okay, so this is going to take us in, and it's going to blow your mind, people. Ba boom, ba boom. That's my mind being blown. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all about the marketing, 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 the packaging. They have like uh, just like any business awards that you may see in your area and stuff like that. They have packaging awards where they can win awards yes. for the most beautiful packaging and yes. stuff like that. And some of them have. And when you walk into a pet store to get food, it's overwhelming. There's so many companies, there's so many brands, so many colors. It's just like... And so many words, words all over the yes, packaging. Yes. Right? And they all seem like very good. <laughs> yeah. So there's some buzzwords mm -hmm. that they use and some examples are like ideal balance, all natural, organic, mm -hmm. blah, 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 bistro meal, full of protein and flavor. Uh, what else? Uh, what's another one they use? Opti Health. Opti Health. Opti Health. Playful Life. These are all things yes. that you'll see on on the outside of your packages. And mm -hmm. what do they mean? Stuff like like uh, Opti Health and uh, vital ingredients and you know ideal it's balance. Like you need they, to have this. <laughs> essentially, they mean nothing. But what they're doing is they're playing on your human needs, right? And then the pictures on them. Right. So you see, if yeah. you see this big, beautiful steak meal with fresh yes, asparagus and turkey dinner. Yeah. Mm. Mm, you think, mm. oh, yeah. Gibbs wants these. <laughs> <laughs> but what's actually inside? Inside nothing. So then Dr. Becker goes on to give examples. So for she holds up this bag. OK, so this bag says bistro meal full of protein and flavor. OK, the first ingredient on it is corn. The second ingredient is soybean. Number three is beef and bone meal. And then uh, wheat animal fat preserve, BHA. And then she tells you that this this animal fat preserve, BHA, is legit toxic. It is a toxic, toxic yes. ingredient. Yes. So here like, is why this. Why is that in there? Exactly. And it's just this beautiful package that you, with all these fresh ingredients on it. And literally the none of what is on the outside package is actually in the food that you're feeding your animal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's a few rules with, with some of the words, like if you're using a certain word, there has to be a certain percentage of that named product in the product, in the ingredients. Yes. yes. So 
I was looking that up in my notes here because it says, oh yeah, so it says here, so for you to use the word dinner, nugget, or formula on the package, you only have to have, only 25% of it has to be meat. Mm -hmm. Okay. And And not to be confused with meal. Not a chicken dinner is not the same as a chicken meal. Yes. Or, or just chicken. If somebody says organic chicken, it doesn't have to even mean uh it, it it's not the same thing as meal so anyway so and then another word is with so if you say oh rice with with salmon so to use the mm-hmm. term with means you only need three percent meat only three yes. percent of your product ha- has to have meat mm-hmm. and if you name two ingredients together so if you say like beef with chicken together they have to have be 25 percent Mm-hmm. But chicken has to be at least 3% because it's the second word. Yes, with. And then if you use the word flavor on any of your packaging, it can have as uh, little as next to nothing or 0% meat. So this rule allows you to list anything on your yeah. bag. So you could say with salmon flavor. Yeah. There's, I guarantee you there's no salmon in it. There doesn't have to be. And no, and like I said, there's no regulatory body looking at it. So they don't, there's nobody checking in to see what's mm-hmm. actually in the food. So going back to like when she was giving, so it, it was one of the most amazing parts of the documentary because she holds up actual bags of dog food. So there's another one, like the second example of that was a package that she said won the packaging award for that year. And there's meat falling from the sky and there's a big, happy, smiling dog on the front. And there's like a fresh, like, like ear of corn and it says playful life on it. And the number one ingredient is corn. The mm-hmm. number two ingredient is chicken meal. And then the third one is gluten meal. And then the uh, animal fat preserve with BHA. So again, there's like none of the in- in- ingredients are actually what, what are on the package on the outside. Yeah. So this allows this company to put chicken in front of the bag. So that's where you need to be careful and read the label because like if you see chicken dinner, um, you, you think right away that like this is full of chicken, but chicken might not actually be the first ingredient on the list. It only has to be present. It might not even be the 15th. <laughs> like, and, and just in terms of reading labels and stuff, like, uh, again, like I, 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 started reading nutrition labels on my own food um, after my first pregnancy with one of my kids because uh, I ended up having gestational diabetes. So I took a nutrition course where they taught you how to look at ingredient lists and the percentages of things that should be in there. It was a crash course on it. And it's sort of the same for animals. So I find not a lot of people do it for themselves. Are they going to go into like super determining like what these like uh, nutrition labels say on, on, on dog food? Probably not, mm-hmm. but it's when when you do do a little bit of digging into it, it's it it is very disturbing, like what you find, and and again, that's what this movie po- points out to you. Yeah, that I think that's what stood out the most about the documentary for me, because just one word can mean something very different, like dog food with beef. Well, then there's beef is three percent, or then there's beef for dogs, which means that beef has to be in at least. 25%, uh, 95%. Yes, exactly. And uh, so the next part, which they go into and what I'll explain a bit better is h- how did it get this way? And so the way this happened was, um, here we go. So 
they talk about different organizations. So the big one, and you'll see it on a lot of the dog food packaging, is the Association of American Feed Control, okay? The AAFC. Mm-hmm. And this is a non-governmental organization. It's just an association. Anyone can be an association. We could get like 10 people together and start the Let's Boop Snoots Association, LBSA, <laughs> LBSA. Ooh, it sounds good. <laughs> Man, we'd have a sweet boardroom. Dogs everywhere. So if we say LBSA with Heidi and Vero, does that mean we're just like 3%? 3% of the LBSA. We make up yep. 3%. Um, after my COVID bot, I think I would make up more like 50% of the LBSA. We'll have to make up a new rule for that one. Uh, yeah, I think I've been eating some some byproduct and some meals and some dinners. Some, some rendered <laughs> meat. Oh, and and actually, now that you bring that up, before we move on to the AAFC, um, talking about what some of that stuff is. So meal, when you talk about chicken meal, it is literally byproduct of animals. So let's say there's like a butcher Mm. place that's doing like a massive beef or whatever. Once they take off all of the edible uh, edible and human grade meat, the rest of it is bone, snout, whatever. That's byproduct. So. If somebody said, like, if you see a package that says chicken meal, well, they're they're getting chicken feet and <laughs> and beaks, beaks and feet. <laughs> mm. Maybe we should. Delicious. Maybe we should uh, join the these these high rollers here and start to uh, start a dog food <laughs> called beaks and feet. <laughs> Super cheap, <laughs> three dollars a bag. Anyways, so byproduct and uh, uh, where a lot of these dog food companies get their meat from is the NRA, which is the, I forget what the N stands for. Sorry, my brain is not functioning very well right now, but it's basically rendered animals. So throughout America, that's roadkill. It's a livestock that dies in on, on farms. It's uh, slaughtered animals, yeah. slaughtered animals, uh, yeah, elderly animals, half dead animals, <laughs> fully so dead what- animals. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it can literally be anything. So and w- when to for a bag of dog food to have the word quality on it, literally means it, it has to have meat anywhere from grade A meat to roadkill. It can be mm-hmm. any quality in between there. And I'm guessing it's going to be on the lower side because why spend money when people don't even know what they're feeding their dogs anyways, and mm-hmm. you're making $60 billion on it per year. Yes. All right. So back to... Ooh. The AAFC. So the Association of American Feed Control. This is a non-government association. A (laughs) non-gourmet. A (laughs) non-gourmet. And guess who the members are that sit on the board and create the terminology? Mm. The CEOs of all the huge animal food conglomerates. (laughs) So uh, again... Not to slam or slander anybody here. This is like coming straight from the documentary. The CEOs for uh, Hills, for Mars, for Nestle. Nestle. They make chocolate bars. Yes. They yes. they sit on um, this association and determ- determine what these terms actually mean on a dog food bag. Yeah. But then the AAFO um, are not and do not have a regulatory association exactly so there's no there's no rules they make up their own rules so pretty much what they're there for 
is that whatever you say on the bag is in the food, they just make sure that that's what's in the food. Mm -hmm. But they don't control the sources, the nutritional value of that protein that you say is in it, of the chicken that they say is in it. Of how they process it, of mm -hmm. or anything. So um, this one guy, and I, and I forget what his title was. I didn't take down his name or, or what it was. He points this out and says it's like crazy alarming, and it is. So here's an example. So to use the word natural on, on, on your animal food, okay? This, this is a direct quote from the movie and a direct quote from the AAFC, okay? So to natural is feed or an ingredient derived solely from a plant, animal, or mind sources, uh, either in its unprocessed state or having been subject to physical processing, heat processing, rendering, purification, extraction. So when you read that definition, all of those things are literally antonyms of natural, one would think, yes. right? Yes. When you think of natural, Do you, think you of don't think of something that's rendered. No. That's been processed with nope. heat and pressure. <laughs> and or pu purified any yeah. sort of way, like through various processes. You yeah. know what I mean? So, so they determined that to use natural, that that's all it had to be. So now you walk into a store, you see this big, beautiful bag with a big, huge steak on it. It says natural for, you know, healthy living for your, for your dog. And you think you're buying this amazing product. If you don't look at the labels and what's actually in the content, or if you don't even look at the ingredients list, which um, my guess would be the number one ingredient would be corn or soy. Mm -hmm. Now you're feeding your dog stuff that they shouldn't be eating, right? And it's super dehydrated and which is causing like all these health problems. Mm -hmm. Just like if we ate high processed um, foods and yeah, like, I, like I made food. men. Exactly. Or processed foods of any kind. There's so, there's so many of it. We're living in such a convenient society right now, and it's no different for the animal industry. You pick up a bag, and it's good, you're good for, to go for, like, the next month. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing. Like, like the how long the shelf life is on some of these yes. foods. <laughs> this lady in the documentary, um, I think her pet passed away. Mm -hmm. And it was, I can't remember the name of it. It started with an E. It was something in the ingredients that was toxic to help with the shelf life of the of the product. Yeah. So she called the company and she asked them, like, what is the shelf life of this product? And they said, 25 years. <laughs> 25 years. <laughs> That's so gross. Ugh. That can't be good. It's this, it's the no. same. Wasn't there a documentary with a woman who who had like a McDonald's cheeseburger and fries? And she travels around doing like um, uh, presentations on nutrition and talks about uh, like processed foods. And she always pulls out this McDonald's cheeseburger that she has. And it literally looks as if she just bought it that morning. Like it doesn't look any different. Oh, There's no mold. And, wow. and, and, it's, and it's three years old. It's oh, three wow. years it's old. three years old. The, fri <laughs> the fries look the same. The burger looks the same. Just like the if there was lettuce on it, she said that like was eventually wilts wilts <laughs> and gets gross and like uh, and whatever. But the bun, the the burger, and the fries literally look as if she purchased it like that that day. 
Wow. I know. It's so gross. Do I still eat McDonald's? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Once in a while. Everything in moderation, right? Well, exactly. And, and, but unfortunately, you, you know, when looking what to feed your dog too, and we'll get more in, into this, like we said, like we're just scratching the surface here and in, in terms of nutrition and dog food and pet food and stuff like that. And we'll, we'll still continue talking about this documentary here, but it's just sort of like, um, it is overwhelming. Um, they have different systems than us. So it's hard. Like, it's like they play, I find in, in the whole area of dogs, it's always like a game of playing on your, your, of your feelings when you humanize your dog. Well, people yes. do this, right? So dogs, and I catch myself doing it all the time. I think I already have so far because sometimes it makes sense. It's like, sometimes they line up with like, you know, like when training them, it's fixing a behavior. Well, we all have behaviors and you can train even people to stop behaviors. That's what psychologists do. Mm-hmm. We're all like doggy psychologists. <laughs> <laughs> and I find the documentary highlights, like focuses really on highlighting how bad kibble is for dogs yes and that's too bad I feel like there needs to be like a second documentary on well if the only thing that you can afford is kibble which is okay how to figure out which one to choose exactly like I was saying like if all you have is $50 how do you go into that pet store and buy the very best $50 bag of dry kibble for your dog mm-hmm. how do you mm-hmm. figure that out yeah and that's pretty much how she she ends the documentary off so mm-hmm. dr becker i find is is a bit more um hardcore with the whole raw food thing and and i'm not kidding you like i, I was saying to vera before we even started this episode i'd be curious to call my vet now because when vera and i we we went to the pet food stores and we went looking at all the different types of bags and trying to read the labels and like read what the ingredients are and stuff like that and it is it's overwhelming the two of us it were kind of just like our head was spinning within like five <laughs> to ten minutes it was kind of like okay what is this what does this yeah. mean and then there's like this 25 dollar bag and then you have the raw food that's a hundred dollars and we calculated like the amount that was in that box how long it would last for like like Heidi's dog who's about what like 70, 70 pounds, pounds. yeah and it was like what four or five days four or five days yeah and that's a hundred dollars yeah. and and even asking but so three years ago when I first watched this documentary and I went to PetSmart yeah I did not see a frozen uh raw food fridge or anything like that anywhere I didn't and this time yeah. when we went out, there was like an entire section. There was like, there was like six different freezers. Yes. And then there was a whole section of freeze dried and, and different stuff like that. And we, I was curious to ask what the staff members had to say about it. So we, we sort of flagged this one guy down and of course it's COVID. So you got to distance yourself and stuff like that. And this guy was sort of newly immigrated here from Brazil and had the craziest accent to like ever. <laughs> But he was basically saying uh, nobody feeds their dog raw 100% of the time. And Mm -hmm. I was like, lies, because I did. Mm -hmm. And I'll talk about that later. But he was saying that people mainly use, so for instance, this one box that we found that was $100 for however many pounds it was. If you were feeding your dog full time that, yes, it would be $100 for four days of food. Yes. Nobody can sustain that. No. I mean, super rich people, maybe, but I bet you they're, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was very shocking. There was one bag of 
food bureau that I meant to tell you about, and I, I, it was a just odd water one. So it was freeze dried yes, stuff. That one, it was chicken, right? Yes, and that was very comparable to the the dry kibble that I feed my dogs. Mm -hmm. And uh, it seemed to have nothing but natural ingredients in it. There was nothing processed in it at all. And it's I'm I may try switching my dogs to that and see how it goes. Yeah. And I did find a company um, here in Ottawa that is very reasonably priced. And the website tells you, like, it's pretty much already mixed. So you have, like, the meat and the bone and the fat. So you don't have to calculate that yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, but you do have to add some things like sardines or they, I think they recommend an egg, like, twice a week. Yeah. Um, like the sardines for omega-3s. So that's all on the website. And it was re reasonably priced, which I was happy to see. Yes. And I think the people that can afford it, uh, the more people that feed raw, like buy raw and feed raw to their dogs, the more affordable it's going to get. I think so too. And that's another thing that uh, near the end of the documentary, they sort of say that there are these, so when, when they try to approaching the huge conglomerates to talk, to discuss things like ingredients and percentages and blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, um, they were all very reluctant and did not return phone calls. Whereas they went, to, now when you go to the, um, what do you call it, conferences that they have for veterinarians or foods or any animal stuff, there are loads and loads and loads of small companies starting up that are doing raw or doing super protein packed and like way more balanced stuff. And they were way more willing to discuss because they're passionate and they're proud about it and they want their animals to yes. be healthy. And these two doctors that did, that were the two pre predominantly featured ones on this documentary, like I said, Dr. Becker and Dr. Royal, it shows them with their animals and Dr. Royal, when she goes home and feeds her, her dog, the, the raw and her cat, she says, yeah, this guy's 12 years old. And he does not look 12 he years old. Look, no, <laughs> he, he doesn't, doesn't even have a gray hair. I thought he was three. Or white hair. I thought he was yeah. three. And then she's like, yeah, yes. you do not look 12 years old, do you? And I was like, holy crap. No. That's insane. Like, he's super healthy. So, you know... So at the end of it, like I was saying before, Dr. Becker is hardcore. She believes in and she's been, I think, heading this whole motion towards more raw for mm -hmm. for the animals or at least better quality ingredients but she too recognizes that you have to do with what you have and that is your income your lifestyle because feeding raw let me tell you as someone who has in the past it, it is it's a lifestyle and it's an expensive one so yes and um, it takes planning yeah and so she talks about if you can even feed them like one meal or whatever um, when I talk to some of the other people uh, that I know about f the raw versus dry kibble thing and whether you can do a hybrid, uh, it was a predominant no. You shouldn't be switching back and forth mm. between raw and kibble because it's different. It changes the that enzyme content in their stomach. Yes. So what some I was of the reading about it? Oh yeah, What'd and you it find? says it says that the kibble has more carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. And that would be broken down and will feed the bacteria that would, would not normally affect your dog, but it will feed the bacteria and there will be bacteria growth. And then your dog might get sick okay. because of that. And also, um, it slows down the digestion process because kibble takes more time. So the raw food will also take more time because it's all mixed in. And I'm not sure if the pH changes, but because it sits there for longer the raw food bacteria grows 
again, which could be what some of the vets in the past, why they were saying that or whatever, maybe it's more of a biological response from the dog than it is talking about. Yes. Because like even Dr. Royal says in the thing when she's feeding them, she, she says, oh, people say, oh, you let your dog lick you after eating that. And, and she's like, yeah, I do. Because <laughs> if you're feeding them raw, fresh meat and stuff like that, there, there shouldn't be any crazy pathogens on it. Yeah. If you lay it yeah. on your counter and like smear raw beef across your counter, obviously like over time there's going yeah. to you, but the, you know, dog saliva changes. And again, it's a different co composition in their mouths and stuff like that. And so I, I didn't used to let Gibbs lick me after eating raw, but mostly because it's gross. It's, it smells gross too. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not like going to smear raw meat all over my face, but he still <laughs> would sleep in bed with us. And he still, you know, dogs lick every once in a while again. And we never yes. had, like we fed Gibbs raw for six months, I think. And, um, we never had any issues, any bacteria problems, nothing wrong with Gibbs. And anyways, I'll talk more about that later. So she ends. And uh, like I said, Dr. Becker, hardcore, she's the, leading the way for more raw food and changes to the industry. Uh, Dr. Royal was more about saying that you need to, uh, she's, she's not, we know what she does and she, she feeds her dog raw, but she's saying that you have to do the best with what you have. And so just be more knowledgeable about what those things mean on the package, be reading the ingredients yes. list a bit more and um, just try to be a bit more conscious of it. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Is we that will, a wrap? I think that's a wrap, but we will continue more that we made this a two-parter. So stay tuned. Yes, to be continued. TBC on LBSA. <laughs> three percent Heidi, three percent Vero. Woof, woof. Till next time. Woof woof. We're recording. We're recording. I lost Barrow on the video chat.